Okay, so today's daf is Lamed Gimel, and we pick up at the bottom of Lamed Betamid Bet, about eight lines from the bottom. The A Makisim. Okay, and this is going back to the Mishnah. So the Mishnah has been talking about things you don't do on Yantiv, even relating to food, and particularly things that are involved in making vessels. And even um, even Rabbi Yehuda, who allows machshiri ochon nefesh, presumably would not allow those. Uh, seems pretty clear would not. Um, and again, I mentioned the Ron's idea, similar to the idea that you don't go out and harvest the wheat in the field, because even though it's ochon nefesh, it's something that's done for long term, not in the immediate sort of home context of making food. So even when it occurs in a home context, like we had an idea in the Mishnah of breaking a piece of pottery to use it uh, to um, you know to uh, heat up in order to uh, to um, fry a fish on or something of that nature, um, but it's sort of, it's like making a vessel. It's uh, at least a rabbinic problem, and that you don't do in the context of food. So now the Mishnah, though, continues, or we're going to do the second part of the Mishnah, which is less clear what the problem is. It says that you don't put two barrels next to one another and, like, make a fire between them and suspend a pot from on top of them to sort of function as an ad hoc um, a stove um, that you're not allowed to do. And it's not exactly clear what the issue there is. So let's take a look. Um, so the Gemara says, it's uh, again uh, seven lines on the bottom after the two dots. Amr of Nachman, Avanim So you can take um, stones for, that are set aside for the use of the bathroom, not for the use of wiping yourself, which is also what they would use stones for, but for the use of creating, like, a little toilet to sit on. Um, and you can, like, um, so if they're not muksa, they've been set aside, um, but you're allowed to go ahead and uh, stack them in order to, um, in order to re- like, if it, if it had fallen down or something, in order to recreate that uh, toilet um, and to use it on yantiv. Okay, so the verse says, I'll ask you on this. You cannot take two barrels to suspend the pot from it. So it's a similar type of a thing. You're sort of ad hoc creating some walls and putting something on top. So in one case, it's the, it's the pot. In the other case, it's your tush. But okay, either way, what's the difference? Yeah, what's so the difference? So he said to him, there it's different. You're making an ohel. Presumably, what does it mean you're making an ohel? Because an ohel here, sometimes it just means like a permanent structure, but here presumably it means ohel in the literal sense that there's a roof to it. So in that case, just constructing, again, admittedly ad hoc, walls and a roof. You have the two barrels, which are the walls, and then the pot, which is sort of the roof. Now, to you, what do you mean? That, that's not the real structure. The structure, to the degree there is one, is the barrels. The pot is temporary. But if you cook something for over a long period of time, you know, it's, the pot is going to stay there, and it's going to stay with this type of roof-type part to it for hours. Very different than the bathroom type of a use. Not so, but okay, so it's still at least rabbinically forbidden. It's not permanent, but presumably at least it's a rabbinic problem. Again, it's quite fascinating because, you know, we would say, as I just said, that number one, even in the case of the pot, it's not really a roof. It's not a structure that's sort of meant to function, you know, to sort of be like as a piece of the structure. That's sort of the thing you're putting on the structure to use it. And also, it's completely not the, um, the, uh, the in, forget the permanence that's always an issue but at least there you could say rabbinically but it's not there to function as a as, as a type of a structure right so if you want to focus on the roof I mean the pot isn't there to serve 
to protect the area below it. Um, so we will talk about that in a minute. But for now, we are going to, it, it's saying that that's a problem. Let's see where the Gemara goes, and then we'll talk about how this applies to Lacha. So it says like this. Um, so Amalei, so the Gemara also, you know, is not so thrilled with this, that these types of things are usher. So Amalei Rabba Zutal Ravashi, so the younger Rabba said to Ravashi, Elamiyata, that's true. Bana Itztaba Biyomtov, the low Avid Allah, Hakanami Dashari, so it's sort of objecting in the opposite direction. What? It's fine that you, as long as you don't make a roof? So let's say somebody goes ahead and builds a platform, builds like a, uh, um, uh, an ottoman on Yantif. Would you say, oh, well, there's no roof to it. It's just an ottoman. <laughs> fine. No problem. So who cares whether there's a roof or not? It's still like a little, uh, it's a little toilet. Who cares if there's a roof? It should still be a problem. Amalei said back to him, no. You're dealing and you're creating a permanent structure. Okay, I don't care if it has a roof or not as a roof. You go ahead and you lay bricks with mortar and you make a wall. That's a problem. That's a binyan keva with or without a roof. Binyan arai, low asatara. But something like arranging some stones for a toilet or a pot, you know, barrels for it to serve as a type of an oven, that's temporary. That's very ad hoc. And therefore, that's not a biblical problem. There, where it's not a biblical problem, it's only rabbinic, the goes rabbinic, so first, so the rabbis said, we're not going to let you make even a temporary thing because it'll lead to a permanent thing. And here, because of your honor, meaning, you know, dignity, not giving you a, a, something to use as a bathroom, they did not make a gzera. Now that, by the way, seems to be a shift. Because it's moving away from the aspect that there's no roof, and it's saying, you know what, maybe you're right. Maybe even in the case of no roof, like the uh, Beit say they should have forgiven it. But it's a special dispensation because, you know, sometimes like we allow you to move muqtza for bathroom purposes. The other case is stones, stones that are used to wipe yourself. The Gemara says if you have to, you can use them, you know, for bathroom purposes. It's covered up brios. It's, you know, doche lotase shebatar, which minimally means it's rabbanan. So here it sounds like it's a special dispensation. It's dropping the roof aspect of it. But of course, you can maintain the roof difference, and you could say, sure, permanent structure is a problem with or without a roof but a temporary structure is only an issue with a roof and that by the way is generally how the halacha you know the halachic approach to these things so anyway it's interesting that the Gemara here makes it sound like a dispensation and drops the issue of the roof okay so anyway let's keep on going so it says um where were we? Um, okay, so now that's the difference. It's a special dispensation by the bathroom and maybe also the difference of whether it has a roof or not. So the Gemara says like this, I'm a Rav Yehuda. so says Rav Yehuda, Hi Medorta, if you are going to make a, um, a bonfire, Milmala um, Lamata Shari, from above to below is permissible, Milmata Lamala Asr, from below to above, did I say the wrong way the first time? From above to below is permissible, from below to above is, 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 is I'll tell you, from below to above is permissible. So what does that mean? Oh man, we really need a, uh, um, a, uh, Here. Oh, you have? Oh my gosh, you walk around with a marker? Amazing. I used okay. to walk around with chalk in my pocket. <laughs> that was okay, so anyway, so why, first of all, besides which direction you're doing it, why is it a problem? I mean, young kids, you're allowed to use fire. So the problem is, again, something like creating a structure. If you ever, anybody ever make a, a campfire, right? You don't just throw sticks, right? You create some type of a crisscross type of a thing, right? And then you probably put some kindling in the middle. But anyway, you're basically creating walls, right? Now, admittedly, again, no roof, but you're creating walls. So the Gemara is saying you cannot build walls 
even in this temporary thing, like, you know, again, dropping the issue of the roof, and even in a temporary situation, you can't build walls on Yantar. Um, but, what we will let you do is that's if you do it the normal way. We'll let you do it in an abnormal way. Now, again, I'm not exactly sure how you would do it, but some, you, somebody would, like, maybe hold that up, and then I don't exactly know how, because how they're being somehow suspended, but you somehow have to figure out how to hold up a higher level and then you know, move some lower, uh, uh, um, you know, some wood below it underneath. But you're right, I don't exactly understand physically how you manage that. Okay, the chain, similarly, an egg. Now, what's the egg? <coughs> so, Rashi says it means just putting an egg, like putting the pot out between the barrels, just putting an egg on like a type of a tripod. But that's crazy, because here the fo- focus seems to be anyway about the walls. And nobody says you can't put the barrel on it. It says you can't sort of move the barrels to, cr- you know, nobody says you can't put the pot on the barrels it's you can't move the barrels to create that type of a structure so Tosa says it means just like piling up eggs making a pile of eggs okay that you're, you know somehow that scene is like you know you're building something because um, it's I don't know so, so sort of like walls are emerging by the way the other thing that makes this bizarre is that these aren't even ten trochen Right? Normally, if it's not ten tzvachim, it's not a wall. So, chain, so if you keep on finishing reading this, it's going to sound like everything is usher, and we'll talk about... Yeah, he does. V'chein puraya, a bed. Now, that already makes a little bit more sense, which is a bed is like a folding bed. So, you take out, and you put out, like, the frame, you know, like this. So, and then maybe you put the mattress on it. So, the question is, you cannot do this from bottom up. Like, first put out... You know, first we're going to put out the uh, the legs, and then we're going to lay this on it. You know, again, even though it's all very temporary, but what you can do is you can hold the beams above, and then and then somebody else comes and puts the legs underneath. Okay, the chain chavita, and similarly a barrel. Now the barrel here, Rashi says, is like um, the uh, what do you call it? Is like the case of the um, of, of the way Tosus explains the eggs. It's just making you know making a stack of barrels. Okay, also like creating a wall, create, you know, somehow that's also like creating a wall or creating some type of a structure. Now, if you take that at face value, okay, but you could do it if you started from the top below, but not from the bottom up. So you took, take that at face value, you can't like stack sidurim. You know, I mean, what, really? You can't do this type of stuff? I mean, what, what, how far are we taking this? It's not, there's no roof. It's completely highly temporary. It's not even ten fucking high. So Tosos tries to make sense of this. So let's take a look at the Tosfos, Lama Dedem Bet. And you see how he, how he defines it, which is actually how it becomes defined, Lehalacha. So the Tosos Milmata Lamala, um, <clears throat> uh, about eight, ten lines from the bottom, line that starts with the word of Yesh Lomar, so the first thing Tosa says is like you know the idea of like putting the egg on the tripod he says that's not a problem just making the top without making the walls is, is not an issue you have to be making the walls and the top okay uh, and then he goes on and explains that but all these cases are cases where you've actually made the wall but that doesn't solve it okay and then he says top of Lama Gimel fine so that eliminates some cases but still what you can't stack books so he says uh, where were we In other words, even if there isn't going to be something that is going to function as a roof, you're talking about like... One minute, yeah, well, one minute. Hold on, one minute, just one second. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I started too late into Tosos. Go to the very beginning of Tosos. Back to Lama Betterman Bat. He says like this. 
Okay, and we already saw that that's not only when you make the top, but when you make the sides as well, because that's the standard case. You're like stacking the barrel. Okay, seems to be exactly the case that Gemara said you can't do. Right? We do it from the bottom up. We put little, like, you know, uh, 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 legs, like, uh, cylinders, like cylinders, you know, which are service legs, and then you put a tabletop on it. Right? So how is that okay? Isn't that exactly what the Gemara says you can't do? And that's from the bottom up, and we're making the sides and we're making the top. So he says, Yeshlomar, shari. Those are not walls, those are just like legs, but they're not really built up as, you know, they're like, uh, they're not built up as an entire, like, flame, you know, as an entire, like, uh, um, so, they're not mechitzos, but of course these things aren't ten tefachim either in the Gemara. But the point is that they more operate on a, like, uh, you know, they're more like a planer than like, you know, than just sort of a single leg. He says, and all of these are that they actually have, you know, wall, you know, walls that reach that reach all the way down to the ground, and they also go, you know, they also go in a horizontal type of direction. Okay, so basically, what Tosa says is, you have to also be like building the bottom, building, you know, build, you know, you're building the walls and putting the roof on top, and that's the issue. But again, it doesn't really explain what the issue is in terms of like stacking books. So even if you said that, by the way, in these cases of the Gemara, there was a, an ohel that was somewhat created, there was a gap underneath. So if you make books in a straight stack, you're okay. But does that really mean that I can't like stack books that are a little bit staggered, so there can't be like a little bit of a, you know, a little space underneath one of the books? So lehalacha, and exactly how it fits, you know, you know, um, there are, I mean, this is like a, a real issue about how to define this in a way that makes sense. Um, these are some of the criteria that definitely get said, that A, only if you're building the walls, and B, only if there's a roof on top, and C, only if the space under the roof is like a tefach, although it doesn't have to be like ten tefachim. Uh, but again, the question is, at what stage is it so impermanent and so much not about being an ohel that it's really not um, not an issue? Um, and uh, it's a hard gemara to understand how to apply that reasonably in terms of halachal ma'ase. Certainly one factor that comes in that's an issue that tends to sort of make most of these cases not a problem, but the thing is that it doesn't seem to be the case in Gemara, is when, as I mentioned, the space underneath, the roof that you're putting on top is not made to serve the space underneath. So like you make a table, the tabletop, although it creates an ohel underneath, is made to serve the space above, not the space beneath. So it's not really functioning as an ohel. Okay, but the problem is that, what? Yeah, the problem is that all the cases in the Gemara right now that we just read are exactly that scenario. And nevertheless, the Gemara feels that under some circumstances, even if you have all the criteria, you're not just putting on the top, you're doing the walls and the top, you know, it's, it's, it, we're talking about a whole, like, plane, it's not just a single stick, but nevertheless, I mean, okay, so you're telling me I can't, like, stack my books, you know, if, I, if there's going to be a gap underneath them. Um, so, so, so they want to then limit it, well, it's got to be, like, on all four sides. So if you just put two books and a book on top, that's only on two sides of a wall. So in a if you were to have 
four sides of books and you would put one book on top and there'd be a gap underneath, that would be a problem. Okay, so there is an attempt to try to limit this and limit this, but at some stage this is forbidding something that does not seem at all to really be about making an ohel. But the attempt to limit it is only with four walls and only if you're building both the walls and the top and only if it's a plane and not a po- and not and not like a not a line but more of a plane and um, you know and those are some of the limitations the criteria that are put on this. Yes. Actually, you're actually building a type of ohel, or is it saying that it looks like an ohel, or you might attempt to build an ohel. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it says clearly that it's a it's a drabanan, it's an arai. Whether it's a gzeira, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like, you know, there are things that the the way the Rambam puts it in Hilchos Shabbos, he says yesh tvarim sheasur chachamim mishum shehein domot limlacha v'yesh asur chachamim mishum shehein. I forget the exact language, but you know, there's those things that are like, oh, if you do this, it'll come. This doesn't seem like it is going to come to me building a wall. But you know, there's some things that are just in the sort of penumbra of the uh, malachot, you know, that are ex- similar to it. But look, we wouldn't say this is similar either, right? All the reasons doesn't have to talk. Not made to function that way. Completely temporary, etc. So it's very hard to understand. And as I said, in halacha, we try to define as many criteria as possible that would explain these cases, but also limit their more broader application. Um, but okay, so let's now continue. The verse says like this: um, What's a toria? A bed. Okay. Yeah. Is it like a folding? Is yeah. It a- yeah. Okay, but again, now Tosus would say that we're talking about the fact that the legs of the bed are not just legs, that they would actually be like sides right. of the bed. Okay. Yeah, okay, also things that are on hinges is very different. Things that are on hinges is not like you're doing anything, so that should also be mentioned. I mean, all these issues around a CSO hell, okay? But, but anyway, but you know, things that are on hinges, even if it's made for an OHEL. So again, the attempt is to limit all of these cases to cases where you've got, you're building the walls, there are four walls, there's also the roof, there's also the top, you know, there's a gap between, you know, the, the, the top is, is over an actual, vo- you know, sort of space, cavity below, etc., etc. But even with all those criteria, it still is a little strange. Okay, now the Gemara continues. The Ein Som you cannot support a pot, let's say, wherever it is, on your normal oven, you know, that's tipping over, you can't take, like, a stick and uh, use it to support the pot. The Chaim Bedelet, and you can't, and similarly with the door. So it sounds like you can't use a door to support your pot. So the Gemara says, will you use a door to support your pot? Really? Similarly, about the door. You can't use a stick to prop up a door. Now, what's the problem? I mean, so let's take a look. This is going to get into a principle. This, that, that line is going back to the Mishnah. So this is going to be that the explanation of these issues in the Mishnah of using sticks, and probably related to the next Mishnah as well, is this principle the Gemara is going to call, say, which is, Hasaka. An idea, question if we pass me this way, we'll talk about that in a minute, but an idea that wood is only for burning, on Yantiv. So it can't be used for any other purpose. Okay, now, so here you have a pile of, of sticks that it's not mukta, you set it aside for burning, okay, and nevertheless, as they're telling me, you can't use it as a back scratcher, you can't use it to support your pot, you can only use it for the fire. Now, it's not exactly clear what the reason of that is. Like, is that really a mukta idea? Something like mukta la adam, like a set aside for human use, it can't be used for dogs, and maybe since naturally 
sticks are so much, unless they're ex- maybe even ex- maybe explicitly designated before Yantem, but so much they're about, you know, firewood and burning and so on, then, you know, then no other use is seen as like, le- as like legitimate. Normally we don't say that, right? Normally once something isn't muktza, you can may have had the full range of use for it. But maybe somehow sticks are always seen as like fully set over to that. Doesn't exactly, not exactly clear why that would be. So um, Rashi suggests another idea, which is later. Um, uh, just, uh, let me just re- read it inside again to remind myself that it's more like a rabbinic restriction because of where it might go. One minute. Um, He says, Eitzim, I don't, you don't have to look inside, it's in the middle of the next time. Eitzim, Hoel, the dark on the Dover Ha'asr, Kigalmasus, Kalim, will he tear the tassel on Ella the Hasaka? Like, it's like a new Xera. The rabbis are afraid, sort of like a Klisham Lachdalisser, the rabbis are afraid that wood is so easy to use in other types of forbidden contexts because it's a good raw material or something mm-hmm. that they only want it to, it's not Moksa, it's a new restriction. The rabbis only want to let you use wood for Anyate, for firewood, okay? So anyway, it's not exactly clear whether this idea is a muktza idea or a new restriction, but that's the way the Gemara understands what's going on in the Mishnah. We'll talk in a minute about whether we rule that way. Let's take a look now at the Gemara. Okay, so the Gemara says, You can't support the wall or a pot with a stick. We'll see, and here's what the Bible says, Wood has only been given for burning, meaning it cannot be used for other purposes on Yantif. Rabbi Shimon Mafia, Rabbi Shimon allows it. Okay, so he's not, he doesn't believe in this principle. Now again, remember, Rabbi Shimon is the one who keeps on coming up in our Masechat, who lays lay muktza, which suggests that maybe this first idea is not a zera, like Rashi says later, but some type of a application of muktza that would have a limited, is considered muktza for everything else. Okay, so that's one issue. Do you have this limited use of wood? The Eman he gets a beima b'maka You also cannot lead your animal with a stick on yantiv, like you know, like the shepherds or whatever. They go with a stick and they you know move along the sheep or they hit the animals every now and then to get them to move to move. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi the son of Rabbi Shimon, um, so the son of the Rabbi Shimon we quoted a second ago. Matir allows you to use a stick. So as Mar says, Lema Rabbi Leizer, Rabbi Shimon Tavua Maybe he'll like his father. Meaning it sounds like this idea of using the stick to lead the animals is the exact same issue. Can you use wood for any other purpose? So it's just the normal debate about do you hold a muksa or not hold a muksa? So the animal thing is just a normal application of his father's principle. So the Gemara says, delay say muksa. And here the Gemara explicitly says the issue of using wood for other purposes is a muksa issue. Again, not like the Rashi I quoted to you that said it was a So anyway, the Gemara says, so isn't this just an application of that issue of using sticks and, uh, for other purposes and a muksa question? It says, well, no, not necessarily. Here there might be a special problem. The ha, in this case, of the stick to lead animals, I feel Rabbi Shimon mode. Even Rabbi Shimon might say that you can't use the stick to lead animals. Why not? It looks like you're going to the marketplace. Rashi says chinga literally means like a circle or a cycle, but like you, you know, you like, you know, like you like cycle around the, like a fair, a fairgrounds, you know, you'll be moving around in a cycle, so that word is used to describe like a fairgrounds or a market ground, market, you know, like a market gathering. So Rashi says, so this becomes an issue of uvda dechol. 
right? If you're going around, the Gemara, you know, let's say you have your animal, the Gemara in Shabbos talks about your cow going around with a cowbell on it, okay? So it looks like you're going to the marketplace, you know, that is an inappropriate at the experiential level for somebody to be leading their sheep, you know, in a whole, you know, and leading their animal with a stick, you know, what, what are you doing with your animal? It looks like you're taking it like you're, who is it? Um, who is the guy with the, uh, um, uh, whatever. Anyway, I was thinking about the fairy tale, but the guy who's le- anyway it doesn't matter. Okay, you know, but you go ahead and you're taking old Bessie to the market because you're going to sell her or whatever you're going to do, and that's what it looks like. So that you're not allowed to do. That is a special problem. It's not the specific problem of the stick. Um, by the way, it's interesting to note that some, because uh, you know, Dove asked a minute ago about the issue about is an issue of where it will lead. Some postkin want to understand that this is like a Morris Iron. You know, oh, it's Marsayan. People will think that you're violating Shabbos. They'll think you're going to the market. That's really not a shot of what this is. This is more issues that we've seen before. Appearances don't only make a problem because of they send you a message that I'm doing something wrong, the Marsayan concern. Specifically, especially when talking about Shabbos and Yantiv, the way things are experienced has a big impact on the, you know, texture of the day. And it gets to the whole uvdu the whole aspect. So even if nobody suspects me, it feels more like a week day with people walking around with their animals leading them by their sticks okay so that's a separate issue um, and that you could say is forbidden just on its own terms but the bigger issue here which is tied into Muktza is can you use sticks for anything other than firewood so let's continue Chazra now what if you're dealing with this uh, Chazra which uh, Rashi says is is that this is like a, a type of a uh, thing a, a, a stick that falls from a tree but it's um, but it's got a very sharp um, uh, 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 but it's got a very like sharp point okay and you can use it as a spit like maybe even naturally it can be used as a spit because it's got a sharp point bamboo bamboo oh that makes sense okay so although can bamboo really is it, is it sturdy could it support I guess so oh, yeah, before it cracks right it's only once it cracks that's a problem yeah, but yeah is bamboo in Bavel uh, I don't know okay anyway Chazra uh, yes Okay, Rav Nachman Asa. Rav Nachman says that you cannot use it as a spit, okay, because again, firewood wouldn't be a problem. Rav Sheshesh, Shari, and Rav Sheshesh allows it. Birativa, now that I'm qualifies this debate. Birativa, if it's moist, nobody disagrees that it's forbidden because then it's not in a state that could be used as firewood so that's considered like completely muktza because it would have it would start yantiv without any clear use although it can be repurposed like for this Kipri, what's the debate be a vishta it's dry so in theory it could be used for firewood the one who forbids says it can only be used for firewood this isn't firewood and the one who allows it I will tell you, Mali litzlo do, Mali litzlo pegechalto. What difference does it make to to roast on it? With it, as opposed to roast with its with its uh, you know with its embers with its uh, charcoal. So if you can use it for the fire, you can use it for the other part of the fire for the spit. If you can use it for the firewood, you can use it for the spit. Okay, which is again pretty funny because if this idea of lo nitnu etim hasaka means somehow that that's their dis- defined use is, is fuel, you know what difference is it? it does make a difference whether you're using it for the fuel or whether you're using it for the thing that's on top of the fire. Um, but anyway, again, and not exactly clear what this principle is about. But here he says this is within the in the you know in the hasaka category and therefore it's okay. Ikadami, some say that actually everybody agrees it's permissible if it's already dried. Um, they debate if it's moist. Manda 
to lo chazu lasaka. The one says it's forbidden. Says when it was dried and you could use it for firewood, you could use it for a spit. But when it's moist and it's not fit for even firewood, it's completely off limits. Uman desharim alachaz one who tells you hachazil has a gadol. No, in theory it still could be used if you've got a good strong fire going. You can throw in even moist wood and eventually it'll catch fire and burn. So therefore, since it's still in the theoretical hasaka category, it can be used even in it can be used for for this to serve as a spit. Okay, so here we have that issue of not using them except for firewood or maybe for something that's somewhat similar to it. And the Gemara somehow tying it into this debate of whether Rebbe Shimon and Rebbe Yudah, whether you hold of Muktzah. Again, why this would be Muktzah is not so clear if it has other potential uses. Um, now again, maybe these cases are that you didn't designate it from beforehand. Um, you know, maybe if you did designate it, it would be different. But without designating, then the only way, you know, normally we say sticks and stones are Muktzah, right? I can't on Shabbos pick up a rock and use it as a doorstop and use it as a paperweight. I could designate it beforehand and then I'm okay. So, so here, you know, maybe the idea is that these are sticks you didn't like designate. Um, and then we'd say, okay, even if you didn't designate it on Yantav, normal sticks in your yard, like we'll see the next Mishnah, even if you didn't designate it on Yantav, normal sticks in your yard aren't Muktzah because you're going to need them for firewood. But they, are not, but they still are off limits for other things. Okay, so maybe that's one way of understanding this, that we're talking about things that haven't been designated and therefore their acceptable use, being that they're basically sticks that fell off of a tree and not things that are like vessels and so on, is much more limited. But it's an interest, it's not clear why, if you did designate them, you know, to, to use, why you should have a limited use. Uh, let's take a look as the Gemara continues. The Hilchasa, the Halacha says the Gemara is, Yevishta um, Shari, the dry ones are okay, even to use as a spit. Ritivasa Aser, the moist ones are forbidden, okay, because they're not usable for any, you know, under reasonable circumstances for any purpose. Okay, now that might, that's not clear, um, um, about whether it holds of this principle of right? because if you can use the dry ones maybe you can use it for anything but the wet ones you can't use because those are fundamentally not usable Darash Rava but we'll, we'll get back to the Allah in a second Rava expounded um, a woman cannot go into the and here we're having things that are designated because we're not just talking about random sticks we're talking about your, your, your woodshed that's what a dira etim is a woman cannot go into a woodshed to take a stick to use it as a uh, and also if a poker breaks you can't use it as firewood why? so the second one is the principle we saw before about vessels that break that it's a type of like a nolad because it started yantiv or usable as a vessel and now it's only usable as firewood and that's considered muktzah for that purpose you can use as fuel full vessels but not in broken vessels and there because that's a type of like a muktzah or it's completely being re you know it, it's not the use that it was was set aside for when Yantiv began. Okay, so that is the principle of the broken one. The name of the Gemara says this says that the Ravak Rev Yehuda Svirle, Rav holds like Rev Yehuda, the Islay Muktza, who holds a Muktza, Vamale Ravalishmae, didn't Ravak tell to his attendant, Tavili Bar Avza, Vishadi Me Ahalushunra, roast for me a duck and um, or goose and and throw its uh, innards the um to the to the cat. And presumably those innards would have spoiled or are not normally set aside for human consumption. And, and the Gemara assumes that according to Rabbi Yehuda they should be considered muktza, you know, these sort of entrails and whatever. So the Gemara says, no. There, since they naturally spoil, 
So the same way the um, the goose is not mukta because you plan on shechting it and eating it. The entrails are not mukta because you know that they'll spoil and they even so you're, you're already thinking about the fact that even if and when they spoil you're going to feed it to your cat. Okay, so therefore even Rebbe Yehuda would not have a mukta problem there. There you plan on it. So what do you have? On the one hand he holds like Rebbe Yehuda and you can't use the broken vessels even though they're usable as firewood they started Shabbos as a full vessel. Presumably says Rashi that's also why the woman can't go in and use the uh, stick as a, 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 from your woodshed as a poker because masikin uh, because of lohinu eitzim elulehasaka and that is tied in somehow to Reb Yehuda that's a type of an extru- that somehow some greater aspect of muktzah that even wood as we're seeing in the in the woodshed that's been designated somehow even though it's designated and it's you know you're going to use it nevertheless according to a Reb Yehuda approach for whatever reason wood by itself we won't let you use for anything else so now the question comes so the Gemara says hilchosah so is that really the halacha? So Rashi says, it, even though the Gemara, fascinating point, says hilchasa, it's not the halacha. Because the Gemara's hilchasa is following Rava, who we see holds like Reb Yehuda, who holds that he who does hold of Muksa. We pass him like Rebbe Shimon, who holds of a much narrower category of Muksa, and therefore we hold against the hilchasa, says Rashi, which is quite fascinating. Take a look at Rashi, five lines before the lines get wide. Rashi says, the hilchasa of Rashi says, ha hilchasa libedamandi isle Muksa ikva. This whole discussion about whether you can use firewood for this purpose or that purpose is all according to the assumption of, of Rebbe Yehuda, who holds of Muksa. Avalanant, Rebbe Shimon Sviralan. We hold like Rebbe Shimon, bain be Muksa, bain be davashayinu it's all permissible. Okay, so this isn't the problem. There's all now, of course, even though we knew, we know we also do hold a muktza, but it's a much narrower scope of muktza. It's a Rebbe Shimon muktza, and therefore Rashi says this whole thing in this Gemara is totally allowed. Now Tosus tries to make it work worse, even according to Rebbe Shimon, but Rashi says that this all is going to be allowed. Now this. For, amazing thing is not only does Rashi say that this idea of using wood for other purposes is allowed, but Rashi actually goes back and addresses our case of um, building the uh, like uh, using the barrels to build the to build the stove. And I want to read you that one line because he also says again three lines before the lines gets wide. nefesh. We also had like Rebut of Machshire Yochonefesh. So what's the implications of this? For Chulu Shari, now everything is allowed. Bain Chazra, whether the case of the using that, uh, that bamboo as a spit, because that's about what, what you use wood for, that's a Reb Yehud idea. Okay? Bain Smichus Kideros, there covers Chavios. And also the whole thing about the barrels and the, um, and the, um, you know, and, and the, uh, and the uh, pots. Okay, umadurta v'kadeira and all those things that we mentioned about the eggs and all that stuff. The whole rayim shalshos elu lemala tamini the rav avu. That's all going according to rav. The rav shul like rav yehuda b'muktzav. I'm not kind of like rav shimon. Okay, so we don't hold it any of that. So what does that have to do with the issue about making the walls, right? And about the kadeira, what's going on there, right? What do you mean? That's not about the mukta issue. So for, for Rashi, yes, yeah, not about the mukta issue, but you know what the issue it does tie into? Machshire ochol nefesh. Rashi seems to be saying, and therefore since this stuff is food related, why should it be a problem? It's just machshire ochel nefesh. It's stuff that ultimately, even if it's a few steps removed, is related to food. So Rashi seems to sort of, you know, wipe off those earlier Gemaras. Tosus is not happy with that because, as I've said, anyway, most Rishonim assume that things that are related to like Kalim and structure and Binyan, even Reb Yehuda would say is a problem for Machshire Yochel Nefesh. In- including the things that we noted because of Chazim um, Uvzizachol. 
What? Uh, uh, even things that look like a food to the hall, if it's uh, connected to the preparation of food, Rashi seems to say, like how? Well, uh, no, no, no. The Gemara clearly had uvdu the hall as an issue for everyone. But the issues before weren't uvdu the hall. They were issues about creating an ohel and different types of things. And Rashi says, but if they're food related, who cares that you're creating an ohel? Certainly a temporary ohel. But again, that's not the halacha. Okay, but it's interesting. We have a hilchasa, we have a whole Gemara that's a paskin, 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 and Rashi wipes it all off with one stroke. Yeah, but that's a following Rebbe Yehuda, that's, that we hope like Rebbe Shimon, so the Muktz issues aren't a problem. We hope like Rebbe Yehuda of Machir Nefesh, so the barrel issues aren't a problem. It's all okay. All right, that's not how we pass it. Okay, let's take a look at the next mission. Rebbe Eliezer, um, Omer. Rebbe Eliezer says... I'm sorry, that's what they did in France during his life. I don't know. They didn't necessarily follow Rashi. Tosos doesn't agree with it. Okay, Rebbe Eliezer, Omer. You can take a uh, twig, like a little, a little splinter of wood from something in front of you to use it for a toothpick. Okay, why he says something in front of you, we'll talk about it. It somewhat ties into the next point about what types, again, what types of wood is muktza and what wood can be used for. You can gather wood from the yard. And you can use it as firewood. Anything in your yard is muchan, meaning, okay, this is the question, besides what can you use the wood for, is the question of what type of wood is considered to not, to not be muktza. Before we discuss the woodshed, I've been talking about designating and putting things aside. Comes Rabbi Eliezer, and Rabbi Eliezer says, even if you didn't designate the wood, if you've got twigs, twigs lying in your yard, and it's yantav, of course you're going to use them for firewood, and you don't have to designate them, and they're naturally usable for that. And you know, so they're automatically not muktza. The Chachamim say, No, you can't gather them from the yard. If you've got the wood in front of you, meaning presumably in the house, then you can use it. Okay, but not from in the yard. Okay, so clearly, presumably that's the debate of do you, what you need to get wood out of the muktza category. So for Rebbe Eliezer, anything in the yard is not a muktza problem. Of course, you're going to use it for firewood. The Chachamim needs you to have it gathered in the house. The other issue of whether you can use it for a toothpick might be the question about lonitnu etimelul hasaka. The Rebbe Eliezer allows you to use a piece of wood for a toothpick, so he, just, so he allows you to use wood for other things. When, and the rabbis might disagree and say, no, you, can use, uh, you can't use wood for other things. Or Tosa says maybe the reason the rabbis disagree is if you use it for a toothpick, you'll come to actually break it and fashion it and carve it as a toothpick and that would be a problem and that's something the Gemara will get into. Okay, so two issues. Number one, when is the wood not muktza? Um, and number two is, can you use a piece of wood as a toothpick? Might be an issue of might be an issue of a concern that you'll come to make a vessel. You'll, make it, you'll fashion it into a toothpick. Okay, remainder of the Mishnah. Okay, perhaps one of the most important limitations on uh, use of, on sort of what the things we can do on Yantav is we cannot make new fire. Right, you can't strike a match. You can't like use your electric whatever you know your thing on your stovetop and so on. You have to keep the yard site thing so you can transfer fire. Where does all of that come out? It comes out from this Mishnah. You cannot bring fire out, meaning make new fire, neither from wood like rubbing wood or stri- striking stones, or from dirt, which Rashi says basically means like digging into the ground. I know you'll be allowed to dig on Yantav anyway, and you get some like you know uh, hot. Uh, 
apparently sometimes you can dig I don't know there's stuff you know closer I guess to the molten core or something I don't know how, how far you have to be which is very very hot and could make light something on fire and not from raffine which are like um, uh, tiles that have absorbed heat and maybe then you put a piece of, of, of paper to it or a piece of straw the Lomina Mayim actually says it's using like water in a cup as a magnifier like as a magnifying glass the aim the labniness of raffine with soap and not only that you also can't literally wipe them but you can't heat up a, um, a tile to use it then to uh, roast something on a heated tile. Now why that's not allowed is very unclear. What should be the problem? That's just part of the process of cooking. So we'll see that. But the end of the mission is extremely relevant for us, but first let's finish with this issue about the wood. So I'm a Rav Yehuda. says Rav Yehuda. Food, uh, stuff that's used for animal food, animal fodder, is not a problem of making a vessel. Right? Like we just talked about, yeah, toothpick. You know, you, so, you know, you ever see those pictures, like the Tom Sawyer picture, where he's got like this, uh, piece of straw sticking out of his mouth, right, between his teeth? So if I took a piece of straw and I broke it off and I wanted to use it as a toothpick, if I just make a vessel? Okay, so he says, look, if you use something that's basically animal food, it's not a vessel. Presumably the reason is, is that A, it's temporary, but not just temporary, meaning if I broke a twig and used it, we're going to see that that is a problem. A twig is also temporary, okay? But it's not, it's not only temporary, it's, it's A, we just say it's an extreme degree of temporary, you know, it's something that's will be like immediately uh, consumable or destroyed, but I would even reframe it. The Gemara team is very much focused on the fact that it's used for animal food. So the very fact that it's like defined in some other terms and this is a completely ad hoc and temporary use means that we're not really going to look at this as a vessel. Okay, so You can uh, move um, it's not muktza to use uh, fr- uh, fragrant wood you know, wood that what would be a good example of this about wood that actually has a good amount of bark that is fragrant Okay, alright so Peter, okay Okay, so you can, you can it's not muktza if you want to use it to smell on Yantiv and to wave it in front of a sick person like as an air freshener and you can like rub it between your fingers because that will help bring some of the you know I guess uh, scent to the surface the red, right and use it and to smell it that's not a problem but don't break it snap it so that you get a fresh part to smell the in katmon, if you did snap it, patravalaser, you're exempt, but it's forbidden because you didn't make a vessel. At the end of the day, you just tried to, you know, break it so you could smell it, even though there was an act of breaking. But the in avalaser lachtos boshinav, and but you can also not use it as a toothpick. The um, the uh, um, one minute. And there, don't break it to make it a toothpick. And if you broke it, then you actually biblically have made a vessel. You've made it into a toothpick. You've made a vessel. So if you broke it to smell, that's not that's did you have it not? A, I mean, that's not a biblical problem because you didn't fashion it as a vessel. But if you broke it to serve as a toothpick, you made a vessel and you biblically violated. So he says, look, here we've got a problem, and uh, presumably this includes animal food. And, you know things that grow that would be used for animal food, and it says that uh, you, that it's completely forbidden. So Amar Le, so he said back to him, Hasta Pato Avalaser Kakasha Lee. He says, look, 
you know, if you look at the surface of this brighter, you've already got a question to me when it said that you can't break it to smell, even if it's only a rabbinic problem, because I said it's totally permissible. It's not a problem at all. So the first part of the brighter is already difficult to me. And then it says that not only is it rabbinically forbidden, it says that you could some, you would biblically violate. And I said it was permissible. So it says on the surface, you're right. How can I have said such an absurd thing? The brighter says that it's a biblical violation. So obviously there's some other explanation. It's not like I wasn't aware about this bright stuff, but it's so extremely against me that it can't really be talking about the same thing, is what he says. Ella, so here's the explanation. Kitanyahi, when is that saying that if you could biblically violate by snapping a piece of wood? Because if it's hardwood and it's not something that is animal food. I'm talking about soft, pliable types of straw and so on. That isn't even rabbinically permissible. They were talking about hard sticks. So the Gemara says, no, one minute. If it's a hard stick, that's not the type of thing you rub between your fingers to get out the smell. That's usually something that would be more soft and pliable. So the Gemara says, It's missing some words. Here's how you have to read it. You're allowed to rub it and smell it. And you're even allowed to break it and smell it. When is that true? If it's soft. If it's hard, then you cannot break it. And if you broke it, then you're exempt. If you did it to smell, but you can't. But it's. But uh, I'm sorry. I kept. I I read that word before. I know I was reading it. I read the word avalaser twice. Period. To use it for a toothpick, don't break it. And if you broke it, then you've biblically violated. So basically, what has he said? My case, I'm talking about something that's used for animal food and soft, and that's totally permissible, even to break it to use as a toothpick. The brisa that says that it's forbidden, that when it first talks about rubbing it, that's soft, because that's the scenario. But when it basically says it's rabbinically or biblically forbidden by breaking it, that's talking about something that's hard, that is not so impermanent. Okay, and that's when it would actually be a rabbinic or a biblical violation. All right, so the says like this. Tani chada, we have one brayta that says, you can break it and smell from it. The tani idach, another brayta says, lo don't break it, la riachbo, that you're not allowed to. So now we already can predict what the difference will be. Soft or hard. Now, there is a little bit of a difference here, because now the Gemara is saying that by soft, at least it's rabbinically forbidden. And before we said that by soft, it was totally, by animal food, it was totally permissible. Okay, so there does seem to be this issue of what are we saying by soft? Are we saying that it's totally permissible? Or are we saying that it is, uh, that it at least remains, um, you know, um, oh no, I'm sorry, I misstated it. I don't know where my head is. Let's do it again, because this also says it's permissible. Tani chada kozmo One says it's totally permissible. The tani idach lo yiktimenu laviyachbo, that you cannot do it. So amar abzeir, amar abchizah lo kasha, aparachim abikashim. When it's soft, it's totally permissible. It is like we said, I'm sorry. When it's soft, it's totally permissible, as we said. When it's hard, that's when it's not permissible. That's when it's rabbinically forbidden. I'm sorry. At this stage, it is consistent with what we've been saying. Okay. Ma'azkif le'ravachim ha'yakov, bikashim, amaylo, so, Rav Yaakov said, what's the problem with hard to break it? Maishna, you're saying it's rabbinically forbidden even if it's just done to smell because it, if it's done for a different purpose it'd be making a vessel. Why would that be that we would necessarily just not allow that since we're done in another way it's forbidden? I'll give you a case where we don't make such of a, of, of a safeguard. Maishna, how is it different from the following Mishnah? 
Shover Adam is a chavis, lechom imene grogrot. A person can break a, that we've discussed before, like, you know, uh, ripping open your box of ba- bag of potato chips to get the potato chips. So you can break open a barrel to get out the uh, pressed figs. As long as you're not trying to make a nice opening in the barrel, right? This is the whole issue. That's probably the most relevant Mishnah for our contemporary cases of uh, opening packages. Right, so you can tear open the potato bag from the middle and have it all spill out. But can you open it from the top and use it as something that you'll be using it over the course of a few hours? You know, or is that making it into a vessel? Okay, so exactly what constitutes a nice way of opening the barrel that makes it a vessel that's forbidden is the big debate about packages. But what the point that's being made here is, is that look, we allow you to do it one way to get to the food, and if you did it another way, you would have made a vessel and would have been you would have violated rabbinically maybe even biblically so how come there we nevertheless allow it if you're, if you're going for the food and you're not doing it in the wrong way and here breaking a hard stick we're going to say is rabbinically forbidden what's the difference one minute so let's see what he says the, oh, so that's one question. Why there is it rabbinically allowed when it's not done to make a vessel? And here it's rabbinically forbidden. The, oh, and in addition, Harava Baravada, Varavin Baravada, Dami Travaya, the two sons of Ravada, they both say, Yavina Be Rav Yehuda, when we went out to Rav Yehuda, Havim Fasheach Viyayvlan Alusa Alusa, he would like uh, gather up and give us these, uh, uh, these uh, beams of, uh, you know, these sticks. Presumably they were like some type of a cedar stick, which we would break and smell. Even though it can be used for a, to something, you know, if we were to break it, it could be used as a handle for like a hatchet or a handle for like a spade. Nevertheless, we broke it and we weren't intending to make a vessel out of it. We snapped it in order to smell it. So here's another example of breaking and this of breaking something hard that is going to be permissible as long as it's done to smell, not to make a vessel. Okay, so you got the question. Until now, we've been saying if it's soft, it's totally permissible. Okay, that's the point about animal food isn't a problem. If it's hard, broken to smell is a rabbinic problem. Broken to make a vessel is biblical. And here we're saying, look, here we're allowing it lechatchila to break into smell. And why is it? And also like the case of breaking into the barrel to get the food, it should be allowed lechatchila as long as you're not making it a vessel. So let's see what the answer is. The Gemara says, Lokash, it's not difficult. Ha, Rabbi Eliezer, ha, Rabbana. And it's tied to a debate of Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbana. And we're tying it and we're tying it back to our Mishnah. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Noto Adam Kisa Mishalafan of Lachtos Poshinav. You can use a little twig of wood for a toothpick. No, you cannot use a piece of wood. You can only use something from like a, um, you know, wood is for burning, like we said. You can only use straw for your toothpick, not wood. So that's one debate about whether you can use wood for anything other than burning. Okay, but now, everybody agrees that you're not allowed to take the piece of wood. Even Rebbe Leah says you can use it for a toothpick. That's if it's already in that shape. But everybody agrees that you cannot snap it. The imkitmon, if you did snap it, lachzos poshinav uses a toothpick. Vlistok poshadelad, which uses like a door pick, a lock pick. The shogeg, if you did it without intention, the shabbos chayv chatos on shabbos you bring a sin offering. The mazit, if you did it intentionally, the yomtov sovigater bayim, and you did it on yomtov, you would get forty lashes. Give Rebbe Lezer. Now, why did they give the shogeg example on shabbos and the mazit example on yomtov? And the answer is because nobody wants to say what's going to happen to you if you do it on shabbos. The mazit, which would be that we would execute you. Okay. <laughs> also, it's not interesting to talk about what happens if you do it on yomtov b'shogeg because you only bring a chatos when the consequence to Mazid is Kare Sermisa. 
there would be no based in you know punishment consequence so therefore we talk about the Shoge case as Shabbos and the Mezik case as Yantav anyway here we have that if you break the piece of wood in order to use it as a toothpick it's a biblical violation Okay, that's what Rabbi Eliezer says. So Chachamim Omrim, as the Chachamim say, Echazev Echazev Eino Elamishum Shavos. Now, even if you broke the piece of wood, this is not a real vessel. It's not a real, let's say, craftsman way of breaking it. You know, and it's not really, it's not really a biblical violation. It's only a rabbinic. So now we're saying, ah, now we can explain the issues. Now that we see there's a debate of is this type of a thing, will it really be a biblical violation? So the says like this, Rebbe Eliezer, the Kamar Hasam Chayv Chathas, Rebbe Eliezer says, breaking wood to make a toothpick could be a, would be a biblical violation. So he would say, Hacha, Pazav Alasar, he's the one that say, don't break the stick to smell from it, because if you broke it in a different way, it would be a biblical violation. So he would be the one that say it would be rabbinically forbidden to break it to smell from it. And that's like we said before, the bright that we said at the beginning. But the rabbis that say that these types of things, breaking a barrel, you know, breaking a stick, you know, even if it's made as a vessel, is not a real making of a vessel, and it's only rabbinic. So, so if you did it for a different purpose, then they would actually allow it. So now we solve the problem, right? How is it that? Some sources indicate you're allowed to break something hard and we're not concerned it'll make a vessel. The source about breaking the barrel, Rabbi Yehuda that broke this, this, the, uh, the, the pieces of cedar or whatever to get people to smell to and so on. Because he would assume that even if you did it intentionally to make a vessel, it would not be a biblical violation. And therefore, he's going to allow you to do it for a different purpose, to break the barrel to get into the food. Whereas, if you hold that you are not allowed even rabbinically to do it for a different purpose, that would be because were you to do it for the purpose of making a vessel would be a biblical violation. So it makes a lot of sense how we line up these various sources. By the way, it leaves us with a fascinating question. When we deal with all those issues of opening packaging on Shabbos and Yantav, are we dealing with a potential biblical violation or is it only rabbinic? Right? And, you know, and another thing to, of course, consider is that it's one thing to make it in like a hard piece of wood. Like if you get a hard piece of wood as a toothpick, maybe it's a reusable toothpick. If you get a barrel which you made a nice opening into, it could be a very much a permanent and reusable vessel. Okay? But in our case, we're dealing with often disposable. So that's actually going to be the next two lines of the Gemara. Let's take a look. <laughs> Um, so the Lord says, one minute, you're telling me that Rabbi Eliezer, who says that this could lead to biblical violations, and he would be the one that doesn't allow you to break the stick to smell it, so he would rabbinically not allow you to do it for a di- in a different, even in a different way and for a different purpose. So what does he do with the mission about breaking into the barrel? Would he disagree with that, that you can't break into the barrel? Now, I don't know why you can't say, yeah, he's a Tana, but the Gemara doesn't want to assume that. Presumably he agrees that you can't, that you're allowed to break into the barrel. Why would he do that if he thinks that there's a potential biblical violation? So, Amar Avashi, Kitan Yahi, Bemostiki. No. He would allow the breaking into the barrel, but it's talking about a special type of a barrel. It's talking about Mostiki. Mostiki, Rashi explains, is basically a barrel that's been packed together from like scrap wood and is very like temporary. It's not permanent. And basically, there, even Reb Yehuda would agree that it's not really a vessel, even when you make it, it's not a biblical violation, so he would let you break into it. So Rav Moshe says, guess what, says Rav Moshe. Pretty much all of our packaging nowadays is the most sticky category. So even if you held like Reb Yehuda that, there were, that it, some of these things could be biblical violations, when you're dealing with disposable types of things, this last line says, everybody holds it's rabbinic, which means... It's still, there's still ways that you will do it that it's forbidden rabbinically, 
to intentionally make a vessel. But when you're doing it for other purposes to get into the package, right, and to or to break the wood to smell it, then it would be um, it would be allowed. Okay, so we have a debate whether break ma- making pack, you know, making you know, very like, you know, like a very informal way, a very um, un, uh, um, expertise, expert way of making a vessel, like snapping a piece of wood for a toothpick or breaking a hole in a barrel. Would that be considered a C.S. Klee, biblically? Or is it only a rabbinic problem? Certainly if it's disposable and temporary, it's only rabbinic. And then that leads to the question of are you allowed to do it for another purpose and in another way? And if it's only rabbinic, then the answer is yes. And that's be opening up packaging um, if it's not making it into a vessel, which is always the question, but getting into the packaging of disposable packaging not being a problem. So yeah, first over the note. Why why is Shabbos rolled into this as if it were Yontif? Why isn't this only and exclusively a Yontif discussion? Because Zorach uh, Ochel doesn't have the same weights on Shabbos as a hefter, as a matir? Um, well, so you're, you're not... All of a sudden we were... Well, first, no, no, no. First, no, first of all, some of the cases here was the toothpick, which is not the ochol nefesh. And the right. case where it was mutter for the food was the breaking into the barrel. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But okay, but there it's mutter. So I don't understand. It's mutter on Shabbos. It's certainly mutter on Yantiv. Yeah. No, my question, I guess I'm, I guess I'm going back to like, before, like, why should it be, why should it be mutter on Shabbos? Why should it be? We don't, we don't so, What do you mean? Or, oh, we we said, we said that even if you did eat, oh, why is it much at all on Shabbos? Well, okay, so that's an interesting question. So first of all, if the, what the one is saying is even if you made it into a vessel, it would only be rabbinic, and you are not even, and you're basically not even making it into a vessel. You're, you're just, you're just destroying it. So, but besides the kill, right, it is kilkel, and you could say, okay, it's like, it's, it's, it, but, but you don't have to say kilkel. I mean, Rashi on that mission, Shabbos is kilkel. But what the Gemara here is saying is, there's no sir. To do it, to do, break the barrel and make it a vessel would be only rabbinic. So when you're not making it a vessel and you're just breaking into it and destroying it to get it, there's no sir. Why should there be an sir, right? So you decide the opposite way. What's the problem here? There's no Dorai, so there's no Dorabaman. Yeah. So you say a crate. Which would, uh, the wooden crate would be faster to open because you can redo that sort of semi-pack. Well, no, if it's, you're, you're just opening it the normal way and you're not creating it a, a new yeah, shape a, to it. But a normal way, let's say, so I'm... No, 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 that we had before, like some knotted thing that keeps something down, like a manhole cover, if that's a normal way of use, that's totally fine. Here we're talking mm-hmm. about actually, like, breaking into it, you know, and changing its shape, like making a hole in it, yeah. Three questions. Three questions. Yeah, I've got to see. We have time for all three of them. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Is this, um, so I, is this a unanimous, uh, well, a unanimous opinion? Because I have the impression that there are people who uh, are concerned about making a clean from a package. Yeah, so I was trying to be clear. If you destroy the package, almost nobody is concerned. That's the case of most of the The question is, and where all the debates of packages is, is, what qualifies as not destroying it but as making it into a usable vessel, <laughs> right? And that's the whole debate. Does opening the top of my p- potato chips in a convenient way, is that making it into a vessel or no? That was already a vessel. It was already a vessel beforehand. Anyway, so that's where the debates are. But t- tearing it in the middle and destroying it, everybody says it's okay. 
Okay, fine. Let's just get to the bottom of the daf. We won't do the fire, but I do just want to read a few more lines. So, Megabe Mina Chatzeh, you gather from the, from the yard, the, the wood. So, um, what's, when is the wood not considered mukta? Does it have to be in your house or even in, in your yard? Tell them about it. Megabe Mina Chatzeh, Madlik, Shekom Mashiach Chatzeh, Muchanhu. Anything in the yard is considered, you know, uh, implicitly going to be used for firewood. But just don't make it into big piles, Rashi says, because then it looks like, you know, you're doing you're doing it for like long term and again it's a type of an uvdotachol Rabbi Shimon Matya Rabbi Shimon lets you make it into big piles my Kamislagi, what are they debate? Mar Sabar Mechzi, not Rashi, Gemara. Mechzi de Kamachni Flamachal Yomachrina. One says that making it into big piles of wood, and it looks like you're sort of planning for the future, you know, and you're doing this whole thing to get, you know, for long term purposes. Umar Sabar, because they also Mochachal Zalav. And the other one says, no, you got a fire burning there, and you got your pot on the fire. It's clear you're doing it for the sake of right now, and it's not for the sake of long term. I just will say one word about the fire, you know. Um, let's, I, I'm sorry, I know we're up, but I want to just say one thing about the fire before we end, so let's just read it. It's one, it's like five words in the Gemara. You don't make new fire. My You're creating something new on Yantav. So what does that mean? And what is the parameters? You can't, what is defined as molid, what is something new, and so on. I will say, though, that this is, you know, um, there's a rivet that makes it sound, and something shown that make it sound, that it's less about the fact that it's something new, and it's more, or maybe the problem of it being new, has to do with the degree of effort that is required to make a fire. You know, so you go ahead, and it's like, it's really like a yesh mayayin, you know, you've got to rub and rub and rub. I think I mentioned once that whole scene from uh, Tom Hanks, what was it called, Stranded, or? Castaway. Castaway. You know, anyway, what it sort of means to make a fire and to, and to, do, and, and to create it almost like a yesh mayayin, and there's a lot of effort involved as well in it. So some Rishonim point those aspects out, which I just want to say is interesting because that's not our reality, right? Our reality is strike a match two seconds, no effort and so on. There still is a yesh mayayin quality to it. So obviously the assumption is, is that this applies, you know, completely in our day as well. Um, but it does raise interesting questions about what are you putting in that category? How about turning on an electric burner? you know, and it gets like red hot and so on. Do we call that Aish? And if we call that Aish, even if we call that Aish, is that called Molid? With, you know, in terms of what the Gemara's concern here about Molid is? So, uh, this, as I said... What? So the hot tile we'll talk about, but the Gemara says the hot tile is a different, a different issue. The, the burner is only a problem if it becomes like red, because then it at least might be in the category of H. But this becomes like one of the biggest issues you have to, while you're do, 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 doing that, doing all this cooking and making all these huge fires, but striking with the mass, that's forbidden, because that's like a real yesh mayayan type of a thing. Okay.